This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, conversationalists across the fruited plain. It's Eric Erickson here, and I love having you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Apparently, one of the worst things ever, according to progressives at the Federal Trade Commission, is Amazon Prime. You've been swindled by Amazon by using Amazon Prime, allegedly. This is one of the dumbest things ever. Now, you should know that the new, the Biden-appointed head of the Federal Trade Commission is made a name for herself being exceedingly anti-Amazon. Uh, the woman, uh, Lena Khan, uh, has been a longtime critic of Amazon for labor practices and the like. And so she's decided to use the FTC to go after the company she has a grudge with, which is really problematic. But so her her problem, her complaint is that people are forced to use Amazon's prime service. And once they get into it, they can't get out of it. Now, by way of comparison, I have an account with the Wall Street Journal. I I subscribe to a lot of news services. I subscribe to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post and, and National Review and Epoch Times and the like. I, I have subscriptions. I have to stay educated. If I want to cancel my Wall Street Journal subscription, I literally have to call a phone number to cancel my digital subscription. I don't get the print paper. I just go online. And if I want to cancel it, I have to call someone who will spend their time uh, talking, trying to talk me out of canceling my subscription. It's not just the Wall Street Journal. The Washington Post has done this, the New York Times as well. The New York Times has only just dropped forcing me talking to a person. You can now go through a convoluted process online to cancel. Uh, Contrast that with Amazon.com. If I want to cancel my Prime subscription with Amazon.com, I go into Amazon. I click into my account. I click into Prime. I click the cancel button. 
I click a yes, I want to cancel. I give a reason for why I wish to cancel, and then I cancel. That's it. I don't have to call anybody. I don't have to talk to anybody. I just go through the prompts, go to my account, log in Amazon, go to my account, go to Prime. Do you want to cancel? Yes. Are you sure you want to cancel? Yes. Would you mind telling us why you're canceling? Okay, cancel me. I'm canceled. The FTC alleges that this violates shoppers' rights. They also claim that Amazon pressures everyone into subscribing to Amazon Prime, which is like $130 a year. Let, let me explain this to you for the 15 of you nationwide who are not Amazon Prime members. If you get Amazon Prime, your packages show up early and you don't pay for shipping. You get access to movies and music you otherwise wouldn't get. You get all sorts of services that you otherwise wouldn't get. It's like joining Costco or Sam's Club where you pay money and you're able to get in and buy stuff in bulk at cheap. In fact, I suspect if Amazon loses this case, and I don't think they will, but if Amazon loses this case, they should do like Costco and like Sam's Club and say, okay, everybody has to buy a Prime membership to use Amazon. If you don't buy the Prime membership, you don't get to use it. In fact, one of the things that Amazon has to deal with is something called the Free Rider program. Free Rider, it's a term of art specifically in this case, where people who are not Prime members still get the benefit of Prime. What do I mean by that? Very simple. If you order from Amazon and you are not an Amazon Prime member, it will tell you your package may take three days to get there. And in reality, your package will show up tomorrow. Why? Because Amazon prioritizes rapid delivery as part of its Prime service. It is cheaper for Amazon to give it to the non-Prime members too instead of trying to segment and sort out their packages into a, a less efficient delivery service. So you get the benefit of Prime without being Prime. You don't get everything Prime offers and not every product will get to you overnight still. I have a friend, uh, his name is Dick Uline. If you know the, the company Uline uh, products, it's office supplies and the like, uh, shipping, uh, shipping supplies, things like that. Uh, Dick Uline is a wonderful man who helped me years ago uh, get a project off the ground. And uh, Uline, his company, has shipping warehouses around the country so that for office supplies and things like that, they have this massive catalog you can order envelopes, you can order stamps, you can order packing materials, you can order the, the styrofoam peanuts, the bubble wrap, the boxes, the tape, the scissors, the pins, you name it, notepads, anything you need you can get from Uline for your office. And years ago, Uline Industries recognized it couldn't just do this all from Wisconsin where they're headquartered. They needed to have warehouses around the country. And so, for example, they have a big distribution center between Atlanta and Charlotte. Why? Because Atlanta and Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, are close to each other. You've also got Greenville, South Carolina on the way. You've got the North Metro Atlanta area. You've got Rock Hill, South Carolina up there. So you put a warehouse between Charlotte and Atlanta, and you're going to get a massive amount of business customers 
who can be rapidly shipped to. I mean, from Atlanta to Charlotte, you got Gastonia, you got Spartanburg, you got uh, Greenville, you got Anderson, you got Commerce, Georgia, you've got Gwinnett County, Georgia, you've got Atlanta, and you got the Athens area, you've got Columbia, South Carolina, Knoxville, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Asheville, and then you, you get over to Birmingham as well. It makes sense. You would do this. You would put a warehouse there. Around the country, Uline was very strategic in building warehouses to make sure they could do rapid delivery of office supplies to their customers so those customers did not have to wait. When Amazon came along and Amazon got big, you will not be surprised to learn that if you put a Uline warehouse on a map, you'll find an Amazon delivery warehouse very close to Uline. Why? Because they realized Dick Uline's a genius and we should just steal what he did. And they started putting Amazon warehouses where Uline warehouses were because Amazon wanted to beef up their prime delivery. Not only did Amazon want to beef up their prime delivery, but they started buying trucks so that they didn't have to rely on UPS or FedEx or the post office. They could do delivery themselves. Where I live now, they got an Amazon, they call it a fulfillment center south of me. In some cases now, y'all may want to sit down for this one. In some cases now, I can put in an order in the morning with Amazon and it shows up the same day. And I don't live in the biggest city. In the biggest cities in America, New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and parts of Atlanta now, you get regular same-day delivery from Amazon warehouses. It is amazing what they have done. And what they have done in particular is they paid attention to where their prime members are and the sorts of things their prime members need. So I, I guarantee you that the Amazon warehouse that's south of me uh, has a lot of home supplies and probably a lot of, lot of camera parts because that's what I get on a regular basis from Amazon. And now they show up so quick, I'm pretty sure they must be stocking that warehouse just for my family. Y'all, I get so much stuff from Amazon. The UPS guy shows up at my house on days he doesn't even have stuff for me because by habit, he shows up so much. We get so much from Amazon. We get our toilet paper from Amazon. We get our paper towels from Amazon. We get our soap from Amazon. We get our laundry detergent from Amazon. We get protein shakes from Amazon. We get so much stuff on a regular basis from Amazon because it shows up at my house. I do not have to encounter the thing I hate most in life, which is called another human being. And I don't have to do anything and I get it cheaper. I can't go to the grocery store and conveniently buy the toilet paper for my house of four people who seem to be pooping all the time and get the convenience of Amazon, the price of Amazon, and the amount of toilet paper. I don't know how one family goes through that much toilet paper, but my family manages. So I rely on Amazon for those big bulk purchases. They show up at the house. I used to go to Sam's Club for stuff like that. But when you go to Sam's Club, you got you got to encounter people starting at the door. You've got to encounter a human being. And I don't want to have to encounter a human being. Amazon packages just show up outside my house like a little gnome has, has rapidly delivered them there. And I realize it's the UPS guy. But I don't see him except on the security camera. I don't have to talk to him. It's a wonderful service. And for that wonderful service, the FTC has decided Amazon must be punished. 
That's what they're doing here. This is not a this is not a monologue in praise of Amazon. It's a monologue condemning the Federal Trade Commission. Amazon has brought down prices, increased competition, uh, managed to deliver in some cases same day delivery, and for that, the Biden administration wishes to punish them. They wish to claim Amazon has made it hard for people to get out of their Prime account when they don't want it. Who the hell wants out of their Prime account? I've never met someone who thinks, oh my gosh, if only I could get out of my Amazon Prime account, my life would improve. I literally, I do not know a person who is like wringing their hands with, oh, I wish I didn't have that Amazon Prime account. I mean, I I, I just, I, I couldn't watch Amazon Prime shows. I, I, I couldn't get my toilet paper delivered the day after I order it. I sure hate the fact that I get 24-hour delivery from Amazon. I wish I could get out of it. There's no right-thinking person in the world who thinks these things. I've never met the person who wanted out of their Amazon Prime account, and yet the FTC is suing Amazon for making it easier to cancel their subscription than it is to cancel your newspaper subscription. This is just about the dumbest thing. If the FTC wanted to sue, they should sue all the other companies that make it more onerous to get out. I subscribed to a service a couple of years ago, and I realized I didn't need it, and I tried to cancel it. They told me I could only cancel within 30 days of the renewal date. And, of course, I forgot, and it renewed last year, and it's come up for renewal this time, and I tried to call to cancel it. Well, now you got to email them. Well, the email bounced back from the email. I don't know how to cancel this thing. I wound up actually calling my credit card company and explaining the situation to them, and, and they've like, they're not going to process the, the charge for me, thank goodness. FTC should go after companies like that, not after Amazon. Let me read you uh, Ben Thompson. He writes a website, Stratechery. I think most people pronounce it Stratechery, but he wants to call it Stratechery. This, to my mind, is the chief reason why this complaint rubs me the wrong way. Even if there is validity to the FTC's complaint, the overall thrust of the prime value proposition seems overwhelmingly positive for consumers. Surely there are plenty of other products and subscriptions that aren't just bad for consumers on the edges, but also in their overall value proposition and reason for existing. Amazon actually saves people money on a daily basis through their Prime subscription. And you know what's going to happen. It's easily predictable. If the FTC wins, Amazon is going to become like Sam's Club, BJ's, or Costco. They're going to make everybody buy the Prime subscription. And if you don't buy it, you're not going to be able to use Amazon. And that's going to drive up the costs on those people the FTC claims to be helping. In fact, all the FTC is helping is Nurse Linda Khan's grudge against Amazon, a company she doesn't like, not because of their services, but because she's a big liberal who doesn't like their union practices and unionization and the way they treat their employees, and she can't come after them for that at the FTC, so she's coming after them for the one good thing they've done and making life worse for all of us. Thank you, Joe Biden and the Democrats, for putting this woman on the FTC. Vision Computer has over 3,000 five-star Google reviews and an average phone answer time of just 15 seconds. When you call, you won't be stuck navigating endless automated menus. A live person's going to answer the phone and help you solve your problems. 
you know, I run a business, and it's one reason I love the idea that Vision Computer exists. Because as a business owner, you know you've got to be efficient, you got to have tech support issues resolved quickly, and you got to have your computers work. Don't let your employees suffer in silence either. They may be embarrassed or hesitant to ask for help, but with Vision Support, they can get assistance they need to work more efficiently. Reach out to them. Call 404-COMPUTE or go to visioncomputers.com. In fact, if you call them at 404-COMPUTE, ask for the Eric Erickson special when you call. They're not going to have it on their website. It's just for you guys listening. Call 404-COMPUTE today. Ask for the Eric Erickson special. Be amazed at Vision Computer. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here as the voice just said, 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. So here's a weird thing that's happening as part of the cultural realignment in this country. For a lot of reasons, cultural uh, and political and otherwise, Muslim voters in the United States have leaned a Democrat. Now, before you uh, just jump in with, well, it was 9-11 and Bush and all that. That's not really true. Uh, it, it has It's more complex than that and also has to do with minority voters tend to, as a whole, lean to the left. But the cultural issues of the day are pushing them to the right, including transgenderism. Montgomery County, Maryland, has a concentrated population of Muslims, and the school system is considering a comprehensive sex education program down to the kindergarten level, including transgenderism and sexual identity. They had a meeting at the Montgomery County School Board, and it was overflowing with Muslim parents who use the public school system, who are opposed to their children being taught about transgenderism in kindergarten. So you know what happened? The Montgomery County School Board, filled with a bunch of progressives, declared themselves unsafe, canceled the meeting, and they're going to resume the meeting behind closed doors after getting the local Democratic Party to drum up support for the cause. The local Muslims are furious, to put it mildly. Um, You know, we're seeing a battle of religions taking place because uh, the idea that a boy can become a girl and the, the sexual identity, it is a religion. It is a secular religion. And it's now clashing with Muslims and with Christians. And the secular religion can abide no dissent and is coming for them. And it is pushing Muslim parents to the right culturally. And that bodes poorly for Democrats in places like Montgomery County, Maryland, and in Michigan and the like, as they foster a new generation of conservatives by being so secular, progressive, and hostile to people of faith. Fascinating to watch this shake out around the country. One of the groups that's actually battling wokes on school boards is Patriot Mobile, and they're funding conservative parents to challenge the wokes on school boards, and they've done it very successfully around the country. But to do it, they need your business because they take a portion of their profits and give it to the causes and candidates you care about. Patriot Mobile is the only cell phone service that is explicitly established as a Christian conservative company. There are others that claim to be, but they're not explicitly established that way. They tend to be branded subsidiaries of a bigger company. Patriot Mobile actually is the authentic 
Christian conservative cell phone company. They take a portion of their profits. They give it to the causes you care about. To do that, they need your business. Don't think you're getting second-rate service. They use the same cell towers you're probably already using. You can even take your existing phone number to Patriot Mobile. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You sign up for Patriot Mobile service. You get free activation with my name. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Eric Erickson here. I hope you are terrific today. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I got to say, I was supposed to go hit golf balls and, and, and hang out on the golf course this afternoon, and I may just have to go drink the cold beer and not hit the golf balls. It's hot outside. It's gotten hot all of a sudden after after weeks of kind of more moderate temperatures. All right, let me go to the phones. George is waiting patiently. Welcome to the show, George. How are you? Hi, Eric. Um, first of all, you, you never want to give up, and you want to have faith that fairness and justice will, will occur. But I look at I'm, I'm listening to all the stuff about the 24 election and everything else and the candidates, and I'm starting to to drown, it's starting to, to just say it's a lot of noise. What's really important is what's happened today in North Carolina with the Supreme Court. Yes, there's partisan legislatures, but there's also partisan judges. Mm-hmm. And at least there, at least the legislature is elected. So that concerns me. And the other thing that concerns me is I don't care if it's Trump, DeSantis, it doesn't matter who it is. I, I, I get the feeling that in 2024, in November, we'll be waiting a month for Arizona and Pennsylvania to get their decisions in, and they're all Democrat-run states. Um, you're going to have the same problem in Michigan, and I, I, I'm, I'm losing faith. What can you well, tell okay. me? What do you all think? Right. Um, I, first of all, when it comes to uh, the federal election, uh, you're going to have federal judges weigh in, not just partisan-appointed judges at the state level. So uh, whether it's in North Carolina or even Pennsylvania now, the Trump-appointed federal judges outnumber the Democrat ones, so they will have a say there. Uh, if he got the judges right, then the judges should be okay. Beyond that, though, I think when you look at—we'll just take 2022— it was uh, liberal Democratic picks on the New York Supreme Court or Court of Appeals who threw out the New York legislature's redistricting and handed the Congress to the GOP. It was Democratic-appointed judges in New York who did that. Uh, likewise, in Illinois, it was the Illinois Supreme Court that actually did restrain uh, the Illinois legislature from being even more aggressively uh, partisan. They were pretty aggressive to begin with, but they could have been worse except for Democratic judges in Illinois who got into their positions and decided to be a little more aloof than what the Democrats expected of them. In North Carolina, the Democratic judges on the Supreme Court there were thrown out by the voters and replaced with conservatives. So that court is now conservative. All of that is to say uh, a lot of times I think our side in particular at times like this can make our pessimism a self-fulfilling prophecy where we decide, well, look, the it's going to be stacked against us, so we're screwed, so I might as well stay home, and then the Democrats win. Uh, if it's not close, they can't cheat, and if it is close, go overwhelm the numbers and try to make it not close. I will tell you, in Georgia, uh, the, the president's team insisted that Georgia was stolen from him in 2020, and yet in 2022, Republicans, they swept everything except the one seat that had a Trump-appointed guy. In Arizona, even, the Republicans maintained control of the legislature. They were expected to lose it all. 
They maintained control of the legislature, and they got more seats in the congressional districts than people expected them to. That that gets overshadowed by Carrie Lake's hysteria out there. The Republicans actually did pretty well in Arizona. They did great in New York at the congressional level. They, they did way better than they were expected, even with maps more favorable to them. If you get it in your head, the other side is going to steal it. Guess what? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, not that they steal it, but that they win and you decide it was stolen. Uh, the only way to get out there and be a part of the process in a meaningful way is to actually go vote and don't give up. Uh, now, I will tell you, I am biased and you know my bias here. But I do not understand if you believe the 2020 election was stolen when Republicans were still in charge of Arizona and parts of Michigan and Wisconsin and Georgia, how, how it is that it's not going to be stolen this time if Trump's the nominee. It, it might be better to find someone different. He couldn't stop it from getting stolen when Republicans are in charge. He's sure as hell not going to be able to stop it now with Democrats in charge. That being said, I think if you talk yourself out of it, it's a problem. And one of the other issues I have with this moving forward in 2024 is you've got uh, the former president, Mike Lindell, and others still denouncing early early voting and ballot harvesting. you you got to play the game. I, I'm, I'm really flummoxed by why the former president and the people around him like Mike Lindell uh, are condemning early voting and uh, condemning ballot harvesting. I, too, wish we all had to vote on Election Day and there was no absentee balloting or early voting. I would love to live in that world, but we don't live in that world. And if you're going to tell your voters live in that world, and they do, and the Democrats are doing early voting and the Democrats are doing absentee ballot harvesting and the like, the Democrats are going to win because they're doing a more full-throated absentee ballot harvesting program. And if the weather turns out to be bad on Election Day and your voters don't show up, they can't early vote now. I mean, that's the thing with early voting is you get to go get your ballot, get it done, and then if the weather's terrible on Election Day, you don't have to worry about standing in the rain in a long line trying to vote because a lot of people won't do that. So it, why are Republicans talking themselves out of winning? You know, one of the more interesting data points here is the NBC News poll has some of the same polling analysis several of the other polls have, which is this. Democrats right now, when you ask them, do you want a candidate who agrees with you or a candidate who wins? The Democrats, 60-40, say they want a candidate who wins. The Republicans say 55-45, they want a candidate who agrees with them. So the Democrats are more likely to say, I want a candidate who, uh, who will win the election and Republicans are more likely to say, I would rather someone who agrees with me than someone who can win. That is a fatalism baked into the Republican numbers right now. When you have a bunch of people saying, well, I want to be right. I don't want to win. Well, guess what? Uh, you can lose. And the other side, being wrong, will implement their policies. And this, this is what we're fighting against. This is the Health and Human Services Secretary of the Biden administration. It's, it's so it's such an important issue for our youth and adults. As you said, some of these laws are actually extending in, into adulthood. You know, we often say that gender-affirming care is health care. Gender-affirming care is mental health care, and gender-affirming care is literally suicide prevention care. Would that be your view as well? I 100% agree. That, that's him essentially saying uh, the Biden administration intends to make it so if you pass laws banning 
sex transitions of minors, your hospitals will be shut down and you will get no Medicare, Medicaid money for your state. They're trying to be coercive in that direction. You're, you're, these are the things you're fighting against. So to say, well, I've got to have my guy who can't win versus the other guy who will implement a lot of the same policies and can win, that's just suicidal. You're, you're becoming a suicide bomber of zealots. You're, you're, you're strapping on the vest willing to blow yourself up for what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're not advancing your agenda. You're dying. You're killing yourself. If every hill is a hill to die on, you're dead all the time. By the way, interesting, subtle shift at MSNBC they're starting to do the Ron DeSantis is worse than Trump stuff. You know, Chris Christie got booed for telling the truth about Trump. So, and he's at 5%. He's, you know, he's somewhere. He's not nowhere. He's ahead of Nikki Haley and some of the others. But what does it say about the Republican Party that the next guy down is Ron DeSantis, who, who is running the most openly fascist campaign I think I've ever seen? And I'm saying that having covered Donald Trump running for president, that's the next guy down. This is remarkable. Joy Reid, not exactly a, a bright light, believes that Ron DeSantis is running the most openly fascist campaign ever, and she says that as someone who covered Donald Trump. I do wonder if this is trying to, to help DeSantis and, and stop Trump. I, I, I kind of have wondered about that, but I don't actually think it is because she's not that bright. She's not a very bright person. Joy and Reid is not a thoughtful person. She's a bit of an idiot uh, who got a show and they won't get rid of her because they're afraid of the, the race-based lawsuit she would file against them. Undoubtedly, she, the woman screams racism at her shadow. And yet she thinks that Ron DeSantis is an open fascist and worse than Donald Trump. They're already headed that way. Uh, there is no acceptable Republican for these people except the Republican who doesn't sound like a Republican. This is why they like Will Hurd. Will Hurd, the congressman uh, who used to represent the uh, South Texas area, he did not run for re-election because he thought he was going to lose. The Republican who won the primary there actually got a larger percentage of votes than Will Hurd got and is more conservative. Will Hurd is now running as inclusive and tolerant and, and respectful. of He's running the ultimate left-wing campaign. I kind of think maybe Will Hurd is vying to be the no-labels candidate. He's running as a Republican in the primary now. He doesn't expect to actually win. He doesn't expect to make it to the primaries. He just expects to get nominated maybe as Joe Manchin's running mate on the no-labels ticket. But those candidates, the ones who get the praise from MSNBC on the right, are the ones who cannot win the Republican nomination. Meanwhile, on the Democratic side, listen to this. Uh, this is uh, Kristen Welker. She is replacing Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. She's uh, grilling Jim Clyburn on the president. Listen to this exchange. Uh, as long as we're talking about this uh, in sort of a generic sense, then that's going to be a problem. Uh, but uh, I think that when we get down to the nuts and bolts, uh, people will compare the two candidates. They'll look at uh, their programs for the future uh, and make decisions. And I think if that were to occur, uh, I feel pretty good uh, about Joe Biden and his chances of success uh, in the next election. Congressman, though, how concerned are you that the problem seems to be growing for voters? It's not just that it's a problem. It's an increasing problem for voters. Is the president doing enough to counter the narrative that he's unfit to serve? 
Oh, you may recall some time ago, uh, I said, then I thought that uh, aid could be a concern, but that the president uh, should confront it uh, head on uh, and dismiss it uh, head on. And I think he can do that. Does he, does, uh, Congressman, does he need to do more than just say, watch me? Well, I think that you uh, want to watch him, but I think people tend to uh, feel that levity uh, is sometimes a pretty good way to deal, deal with it. Uh, I remember uh, the way Reagan dealt with it uh, when he was being confronted with that question uh, with his opponent. Uh, and I think a similar way of dealing with this uh, would be good for Joe Biden. Uh, uh, maybe he actually has a huge problem on his hands if the Republicans find a fresh face to run. If the Republicans go down the path that looks like they're headed, uh, the polling suggests Biden would win. But the polling also suggests if you go with pretty much any other Republican, he loses or at best is tied right now. The public so overwhelmingly is concerned about Biden and they so overwhelmingly hate Kamala Harris, she's more unpopular than Dick Cheney. At the height of Dick Cheney's unpopularity, Kamala Harris is still more unpopular than Dick Cheney. That tells you everything you need to know about the GOP has a winning path in 2024 if they just get it right. And I'm a little concerned they're not going to get it right. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm more than a little concerned. But hopefully they will decide they're more interested in winning than just having someone who affirms their convictions because we got to stop Joe Biden in 2024. Otherwise, he may be the one to replace Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Clarence isn't getting any younger, neither is Sam Alito. Got to think about those things. Now, we got to think about Americans for Prosperity because they're trying to move this country to the right. They support free markets and free people. They support limited government, and they want your help. They want you to become an activist with Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. My name, E-R-I-C-K, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. You go sign up with AFP. And you become a conservative warrior. They teach you how to knock on doors to persuade your neighbors, collect data to feed information back to AFP to show them what messages are working and not working. They teach you how to talk to your local school board, your local city council about pushing back on the wokes, advocating for free markets and free people, talking to your legislator. They give you the facts, the figures, the data, everything you need to be the smartest person in the room. That's what Americans for Prosperity does. They're not a think tank in Washington. They're a do tank. Across the country, they do the work of the conservative movement. Join them at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello and welcome. Let's go back to the phones. Craig, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Uh, Thank you. Uh, You mentioned Joe Manchin, and that just got me thinking. I wanted to share my theory of what his end game might be if he really does the no-labels run. Because he knows in 24 he's toast in West Virginia. Can't get elect, elected dog catcher right now in West Virginia, so he's got to do something really big to get back in the West Virginia voters' graces. So by playing spoiler to the Democrats in '24 and helping give the White House back to the Republicans, he's thinking he can get back in their graces good enough that when '28 rolls around, he can put his eye back on the West Virginia governor's mansion. You know, that may be, except the the man is, he's getting kind of old. Um, how old is Joe Manchin right now? That doesn't right seem now? to stop the Democrats. Yeah, that, that's true. Well, it doesn't seem to stop Joe Biden, but, I mean, he's 
75 years old right now, and you've already got polling out there on Biden saying, and, and Trump both saying that most people think they're too old. Uh, Trump is only a year older, I guess, or two years older than Manchin right now. Um, I don't know, given the time period that Manchin can do anything. I, I think he realizes Jim Justice, the governor there, is a big threat to him. He's hoping that Alex Mooney is his nominee, and I actually am backing Alex. I think Alex can take him, too. Alex is a young conservative guy, a good guy, uh, who would be great in the Senate, uh, but Manchin is rooting for injuries in that Republican primary. In addition, uh, he, he is starting to think, what's next? He's he's a career public servant. The man has been a creature of government for a very long time, and I just don't know uh, that he wants to give up politically. And so maybe the no-labels run is it, but he's burning bridges badly with everyone. Uh, his probably best pick is to make kissy face with Joe Biden and hope for a cabinet appointment in a second term of the Biden administration if he can get it. Um, I don't know where he goes, but I hope he goes away. I hope he loses. Uh, I would Either of the Republicans would be better. I think that Alex would be the best Republican in large part because he's a limited government Republican. And uh, Jim Justice, better than Joe Manchin, but really wouldn't be a change from Joe Manchin. He'd just be a go-along-to-get-along Republican in the same way Joe Manchin tends to be a go-along-to-get-along Democrat. Um, so uh, there you have it. I, it, I'm just, I, I am fascinated by um, Manchin burning bridges with everybody in the Senate right now. Uh, he, he has not played the game well, um, which is which is good for the Republicans when it comes to uh, 2024 in West Virginia. So one more seat. We I mean, you pick up Joe Manchin's seat. Uh, that gets us, what, back to 50. We pick up John Tester. He's got a great Republican who came out today there to run, former Navy SEAL running. Um, we got a chance to win the Senate if Republicans actually don't go nuts, don't go insane, and don't pick candidates like uh, Walker and the like.